It's a show made just for you. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross every Wednesday at 4 p.m. On the station that leaves no listener behind. KCAA 1050 AM. This is KCAA Loma Linda, the station that leaves no listener behind. CNBC News is next, a courtesy of BuySellMakeOffer.com, where you can post a video about items you have for sale. Sign up now. It's free. Hurt by a strong dollar and a decline in advertising sales at its print publications. And Cisco Systems posted solid fiscal fourth quarter results, sending the network equipment maker shares 3% higher in aftermarket trading. NBC Universal, the parent company of CNBC, is investing $200 million in the digital media company Vox Media. Vox owns popular sites such as Food Blog Eater and the sports-focused SB Nation. The Labor Department says total hiring rose 2.3% to 5 million in June, the highest in six months. More hiring and also more quitting should pressure companies to start lifting wages. John Lesher, CNBC Radio. Have you had trouble with online dating? This is eHarmony founder Dr. Neil Clark Warren. We've created a new solution. EH Plus. EH Plus combines the personal attention of a matchmaker with eHarmony's extensive pool of great singles. EH Plus gives you hand-selected matches and freedom from being online. Get started today. Call 855-930-LOVE. That's 855-930-LOVE. Today, more than ever, Americans need a means to protect their life savings. Birch Gold Group offers peace of mind for your nest egg through a rollover to an IRA backed by physical gold. Take advantage of the long-term stability that gold provides by investing in a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialist. Call Birch Gold Group today at 888-999-5191 and receive their free information kit on gold. Call 888-999-5191. That's 888-999-5191. Consider this your invitation to sell. At buysellmakeoffer.com, you can sell as much as you want for the next 60 days without paying any fees whatsoever. Sound incredible? It is, and it's true. Buysellmakeoffer.com is the new exciting way to sell your stuff online. Make extra money right now. Sell your old car, furniture, video games, household items, clothes, even your home. Sell anything that's legal. Load up your stuff to sell right now at buysellmakeoffer.com. This is your official invitation to get on board to sell your stuff right now free for the next 60 days and once you see how easy it is you'll want to sign up for more because there are no item fees that's right take this opportunity to move items from the other guys and sell it for free you might even win a samsung tablet amazon gift cards and other cool prizes buy sell makeoffer.com is the future of online selling you can use skype to talk to your buyer or seller plus you can use video to showcase your items buy sell makeoffer.com Good afternoon. It's a couple of minutes past the hour. I'm Successful Brim with the latest in local news on KCAA 1050 AM. A week-long die-off of fish in Lake Elsinore appears to be easing. Though seven tons of dead fish have been collected along the shore and from the lake, this has been the worst die-off in six years. City officials say it was the result of the low water levels due to the droughts, the increasingly hot temperatures during the day and night, a fishy imbalance and declining dissolved oxygen levels for a sustained period of time. Temperatures have cooled this week, but a heat wave is participating. And it's feared the die-off could resume later in the week. And Riverside County Sheriff's deputies are investigating after a dead body was found in a retention basin in San Jacinto yesterday. Officers arrived at about 10.43 in the morning to find the deceased man in the middle of the basin, located at the 1900 block of Van Fleet Drive. Foul play is not suspected. The identity of the man is not being released until his family members are notified. This report is brought to you by SoCal Toyota Dealer. Toyota's annual clearance event is on now. The perfect Toyota time is an amazing deal on your favorite Toyota car, truck, or SUV. See your SoCal Toyota Dealer today. 
Inland Empire weather, sunny highs near upper 90s, lows tonight about 66. Currently, it's 98 degrees in San Bernardino. That's the latest in local news. I'm Successful Brim on KCAA 1050 AM. or depend on someone else for a ride? Is your current car giving you problems or just getting too old? Nearly everybody needs a car, but most people don't have enough money lying around. That's where car financing from Credit Yes comes in. For over a decade, Credit Yes has helped millions of people get the auto loan that's right for them. We want to help you too, and for free. Whether you have bad credit, no credit, or even gone through bankruptcy, we can help you get a car loan. We believe that everyone deserves a second chance. If you call right now, we could find you the right financing option, no matter your credit history. 855-669-7131. Every call is absolutely free and there's no obligation, meaning there's nothing to lose. Now is the time, and it's probably not always going to be this easy. We even have programs that may allow you to put zero money down. Don't wait any longer to get the car you need, no matter your credit history. Call Credit Yes for free right now. 855-669-7131. That's 855-669-7131. One last time, 855-669-7131. This is KCAA. Calling all men. It's now time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's the show where men can be men. Now here's the gal who has your back, Linda Gross. Thank you for turning it, tuning in to the Men's Advocate Show, where men can be men. We have a very exciting show today. It's on breastfeeding. Yes. So how does that apply to you? We're going to talk about, um, from the male perspective, breastfeeding. Is your wife uh, leaving you left out? Is she ignoring you? Are you being replaced by your son? Are you no longer needed in the family unit, we're going to talk about all these issues. And a little bit later in the program, we're actually going to have a dad as one of my guests who was in this predicament. And he's going to talk a little bit about his plight. And uh, we'll, we'll try to see if we can come to some understanding. I think it's a, a topic that no one talks about. Um, you know, breastfeeding is talked about. It's primarily, you know, a female subject and women talk about it. But no one gets to hear the guy's point of view. Like what happens to the dad or the father um, in a breastfeeding household? You know, does he get kicked to the curb? Is his, Are his feelings met? Um, and we're going to talk a, a little bit about that today. So um, anyway, if you're just joining us, you are on live. Um, if you're just joining us on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, and by the way, we're here each Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you can catch us live, and there's many ways uh, to catch us live. You can do so um, if you're regionally in the, in the area, in the radio area, uh, which is the Inland Empire in Orange County. You can also listen uh, live or on demand uh, through the kcaaradio.com website and the TuneIn app. So you can just Google uh, Linda Gross KCAA or Linda Gross TuneIn and it'll give you all the links and you hop right on. It's free to listen online and you can do so from the comfort of your home or in your car or at the gym or on the go wherever you are. Um, if you happen to have missed last week's show, uh, we talked about communication and the topic was to talk or not to talk. And we talked about the communication divide between the sexes and what it all means. So go Go online to those two spots, and that's how you will uh, find the links. Also, I'd like you to, um, most importantly, log on to my Facebook fan page. It's the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. And that's where you're going to get all the information about the program, updates, links, referrals, what I talked about, whom I talked with, all that kind of stuff. So if you're driving in on the go and you're like, oh, I didn't catch what Linda said or, oh, I didn't catch Linda's reference on whatever it was, all of that is on my Facebook fan page and that's where you're, where you're going to need to go. 
So today we have a lot of uh, special guests and call-ins. Um, the phone lines might be jammed when you call in. Um, if you would like to hop on, that number is 888-909-1050, 888-909-1050. In the event that the phone lines are jammed, the best way to reach me is use the Facebook fan page. You can just post right there on my wall, or you can send me a, a private message um, on the chat there, and I'll see it, and we'll talk about whatever your question or comment is, or we'll try it. One of my engineers will, will try to get you online. So right now, I would like to uh, proudly introduce uh, one of my very special guests, Dr. Marissa Pay. She also broadcasts on KCAA Radio. You can hear her on Thursdays, Thursdays at 7 and Saturdays at noon Pacific time. And you can uh, hear her live on her uh, radio show Tuesday at noon Pacific time. The name of her show is called Take My Advice. I'm not using it. Um, she is also an organizational psychologist to hundreds of Fortune 500 companies and is a life balance coach. She is a TV commentator and was formerly uh, featured on ABC, Fox, Discovery, and the Learning Channels. And I am so pleased to welcome our first guest, Dr. Marissa. Welcome aboard, Doctor. Thank you, Linda. Happy to be here. Awesome. So we have a little bit of time before my male guest comes on, and I wanted to talk about uh, this topic about how sometimes men are shut down. Uh, you know, our biological drive for women is to produce children. That's what our bodies are built for. All of our hormones go in that direction to help make that goal happen. And sometimes I think uh, moms and, and wives, they kind of take men for granted. Like, you know, now that the sperm banking has been done, they, they sometimes don't appreciate their men to the degree that I think they should. Um, I often think that they think the sexes are the same and, and the men are are you know, unnecessary, and we're just doing this global job by producing children. So now that the sperm banking is over with, we don't need you. So I'd like to talk about how and why women shut their men out and, and what we can do to bridge that gap, to keep that fire going, to keep that spark going. It really should not be all about the children. I know a lot of moms make it be all about the children and the, the husband is a second-class citizen. But my view is the family unit is very important and the parental uh, unit is very important. In my view, it's actually more important than the children because if the parents are strong, the kids will learn by example. If the parents are, if she's dissing him or ignoring him or manipulating him or controlling him or some of these negative female behaviors, you know, the kids see that too. It's not a good template to impart to your kids. So what do you have to say about moms or wives that, that treat the husbands like a se second-class citizen? Well, I'm all about balance. That is my, my tagline. And uh, the, the situation you're talking about, uh, using men as a sperm bank and then kicking them to the curb, is, is one extreme. And I'm not saying that uh, there aren't women who might feel that way. I don't think that that is the majority uh, of the view. But I do agree that sometimes there can be many, many competing demands. And when a mom or a wife feels like she wants to be everything to everyone, uh, uh, and especially if they're perfectionists and they judge themselves or they define themselves as successful in their ability to satisfy everyone, they get in themselves into a little bit of a, a corner because they cannot be all for all. And so then it becomes a, you know, when do I choose where and how do I make that decision? And there can be times when the more comfortable one is the one where you, you decide to turn to. So if you're if you're you know having to choose between uh, a husband who wants you to you know uh, uh, come to the door like in the 20s where you know you're all dressed up and you have a martini in your hand for them and then 
you know, a cooked meal and the kids are all bathed and, and nicely tucked away somewhere quiet and, and you can entertain them now and be their, you know, your confidant and your sex kitten, I don't think that that, that uh, expectation is necessarily going to lead the couple into any uh, good place. So the wife, if she feels that kind of pressure from the husband, is, is, uh, and, and she has to choose between that and a child who, who is asking for love and, and easy cuddling and easy attention. That certainly sounds like a, a, an easy choice to me. However, I do agree. You have to balance and you have to take care of the family unit. Now, that does mean that sometimes you're going to have to say, okay, uh, this, is, this, this time at home, my primary, when, when my husband, it, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about stay-at-home mom, uh, my primary uh, attention and time can be given to the child. At the same time, when a husband comes home, I think it's important that the wife does give some separate attention just for the husband. But at the same time, I think the husband needs to understand that this woman has been doing a full-time job at home, and uh, loving or not, uh, feeling loving or not, there is time, too, for that woman to want to feel like a woman. So it, it is up to the man, too, to treat her in a way that makes her feel like a woman and not just the mother of the child. So I think there's, there's definitely two sides. There's always two sides. But you're, you're, I understand it's your role to be the men's advocate, and I think that's great because I do think that sometimes men do get the, the short end of the stick or the long end, depending on the size of your feet. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so if you if you are only looking at from the men's perspective, you're going to see the woman as, as the one that's doing something wrong. But if you're seeing the woman as the only one that has needs or the child, then, then we're going to get in trouble. So I'm always going to be the one that's going to say, let's look at all three three parties in this little unit. I think we do need to look at all three parties, and I do agree with you. If you've just joined us, our topic today is breastfeeding. I had an article on my Facebook page about a week ago with uh, a mom who was breastfeeding her child past the age of three, and people were chiming in if they endorsed that or if they thought that was, you know, it's way too long. There are some mothers who breastfeed until age three, four, five, and even beyond are topic today is men. Are you being left out? Is your wife ignoring you? Are you being replaced by the son who's being breastfed by your wife? So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to take a quick short break. We'll be back right after, after the break. Do you like cars, racing, adventure and speed, motorsports of any kind? If it has speed, high performance, or Burns Octane, there's a brand new show for you. Do you have 1030 weight in your blood, or are you running on 104 Performance Octane? Then gear up for a brand new show on KCAA called Gotcha Racing. Tune in Saturdays at 4 p.m. with host Joe Britt for news, interviews, and all kinds of stuff you can use about racing and the automotive world. Whether it's learning how to put spark plugs in or spark up your supercharger, Joe's got the answer for you. Ready, buddy? Ready! Gotcha Racing. Find out how Joe built the Stallion GT1 exotic sports car. Or hear the area's best experts on automotive questions. It's Gotcha Racing, right here, where we put you in the driver's seat and it doesn't stop till you cross the finish line. Saturdays at 4 p.m., right here on KCAA. It's Gotcha Racing. Well, see you later. Come on, guys, let's go. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name, hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases, and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchases required. Just start with this link each time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done the research by interviewing 20,000 men. Reap the benefits. Go to themensadvocate.com slash coaching and you'll be on your way. 
Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KCAA 1050 AM, where men can be men. Q1, please. Because you know I'm all about the breath, about that breath. not yet. Okay, if you've just joined us, we're um, rejoining our conversation about breastfeeding. I posted an article on Facebook where the mom was breastfeeding for three years and it sparked a lot of controversy, controversy, especially from the men. Um, And the question was, is this okay to feed your toddler who is three years old, four years old, five years old? Are you the man being left out? Is your wife ignoring you? Are you being replaced by your son? Um, We're we're rejoining my first guest, who is Dr. Marissa, who is also a KCAA host. We were talking a little bit about balance. Actually, the, the name of her website is the number four balance.org if you'd like to find out more about her the number four balance.org you can find out about her radio and TV programs her appearances um, what type of coaching services she does but uh, she is a um, organizational psychologist and we're trying to bring this into the conversation to see how we can afford balance to the family unit. I think that all three elements of the family unit are important. Not It should not be the mom's way or the highway. Um, both parents are important and they have to foster um, a love and a, an espousal relationship that uh, ensures communication and respect and honesty and it should the dad should not be withheld from that family uh, structure, especially during child feeding. So that's what we were talking about. And Dr. Marissa, of course, there are many women who don't have the luxury of being stay-at-home moms, and they do breastfeed. Sometimes they breastfeed only twice a day, um, early morning and then late at night, because those are the hours that that they work. Uh, Very few moms are are so fortunate enough to... uh, what's called express their milk, which means to take a pump, um, either a manual pump or an electrical pump, and um, express the milk into a bottle that they could feed the child later. So I think our conversation does involve working moms as well. And we were talking about the balance, like how nice it would be if we were all living in the 60s and we brought our, uh, you know, our husbands a martini or, or whatever his favorite drink was at the end of the day. Um, because that's not happening, we have to find ways to include him, I think, into the equation and not yeah. just see the dad as a sperm donor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I breastfed. I, did you breastfeed? I did. I breastfed for a year, yes. Yeah, I breastfed. I, I actually expressed uh, for, gosh, like uh, probably a year and a half for both of my girls. Um, because One, because I was working, and two, because I actually had a, uh, a blood clot that was uh, dangerous and a oh, long story. But anyways, that's, I tell my kids all the time, that's how much I loved you. I stuck these things <laughs> that maybe look like a cow to, to get milk for you. And, and yes. how long you should breastfeed, I think, is one of those things that came out of that article that was, a little controversial because I think their child was three. She had pictures of, of the child, you know, quite blatantly breastfeeding in public. And, and I think the, some people would say that's inappropriate. One, uh, at one level, just to have that in, in the public eye. On two levels, the child's too old. 
what are you doing to the child? And three, you know, it sounds like uh, the, one of the male perspectives is, is, is this embarrassing? Um, and then the one that you, you, you are bringing up is, you know, are you choosing your child's needs over mine? So let's look at that one because I think as far as how long you breastfeed, that's a personal choice. And if you believe that it's good for your child, then, you know, I, I don't think it, it belongs in a, you know, Kardashian type of debate, uh, which, which is, to me, arguing about something that doesn't really apply to your own life. So let's, let's look at something that does apply to your own life. If you feel like your wife's attention to your child is taking away from your attention that you would like for yourself, then absolutely it's a conversation that should be had with the wife. Now, if the wife is feeling like she's not getting enough attention as a woman uh, and just, just feeling like she's expected to do everything, then that is, a, that is a great, like, one of those, you know, not necessarily the old-fashioned, I feel like, I feel like, but, the, the, but really it's an invitation to open a dialogue for a win-win as close to possible solution. And the win-win is that we both feel good. How can we treat this or how can we get to a place where we both feel good? And, and how do you, you have to talk about when you don't feel good? So I don't feel good when every time I go to give you a kiss and my, our son comes up and says, I want to have some milk, you, you, uh, you ha- let him hop on, my, on your lap and, and milk comes before me and I would like some uh, uh, little nookie myself. So how, how does that, how can we practically solve this kind of, you know that I love you. Yes, I do. You know that I, I, I'm trying to be a mom and a good wife and, and uh, also feed myself uh, and, and love myself. How, how can we get to this together? Well, so, the, so it becomes a, not an extreme, I'm being left out, you're kicking me to the curb, I don't matter. If I mattered, you would do this and this. And it's usually the woman that says, you know, if I mattered, you wouldn't do this, this, and this, or you would change this. And, and when I coach, I'm always talking about don't, don't uh, assume that if someone doesn't do something or does do something, that that's connected to the, the if I loved you, you would. That is, that is one of the, the most um, unhappy-making <laughs> statements that a couple can make. Plus, it's a dead end. It doesn't lead to an open conversation, right? Right, right. Well, it's also, you're making assumptions. You're an MSU university. You're making shiitake up. You know, if that person (laughs) loves you, it doesn't mean that they're going to agree on the solution every way that you do. They don't see the things. And you touched on this earlier, Linda, which is, it's absolutely true. Men and women are completely different. We absolutely have different brain centers. Our, our, our neurons are stimulated in different ways. We Hormones. process information different. So there's no... Did you lose me? No, we're still here. Oh, okay. So, so no, I was no, saying our hormones no are different. Our biology yes. is different. Yes. Our programming, our pre-programming before we even like have met you. Our right. DNA exactly. is a different blueprint than the male DNA. It's not to say yes. that they, one blueprint is bad and one's not, exactly. not bad. They're no, that's not true. it at all. We are there to work synergistically together if we can. Exactly. And they I think a lot of the study. breakdown happens, um, you know, sometimes the moms are wronged. Sometimes they, they do use the child because they feel emotionally bankrupt or whatever it is her issue is, and she uses the child, the breastfeeding, as an outlet to unload some of those feelings. That's not right either. And I, I would like to hear from women who are in that situation. I would, I would really like to hear women who who don't say the breastfeeding is for, if we put the nutrition and the bonding with the child aside, let's put that on the shelf because that's, those two elements are a given. What I really would like to hear with the dialogue is the reason why I'm breastfeeding so long or ignoring you or whatever it is, is because there's some emotional need that the mom has that she's not getting otherwise. 
you, it might be something that the husband is doing. It might be something that the job is doing. It might be something that a third party altogether is doing. But without that communication, we don't know what's on the mom's head, you know, brain. So yeah. that's the dialogue that I'd like to um, open up because a lot of finger pointing, like it's just not going to work. Um, the begging and the pleading, you know, our, our male guest who's coming on in a few minutes did, did try all that. It didn't work. And he's like, look, you know, our child is three years old. He's in public. He reaches for, you know, inside your, your blouse uh, in public. This doesn't seem right to me. Um, you know, and I'm all in favor of what you do behind closed doors in private have at it but you know there are certain there is certain protocol when you are in public and there is some behavior that is inappropriate and that it needs to get addressed by the way if you're just joining us um, you're on the men's advocate show with Linda Gross um, we are on with my guest Dr. Marissa Pay she also is a KCAA uh, radio host in fact I'm going to be on her show um, at the last Tuesday of the month, she has a sexual healing um, session on her show. Is that right, Marissa? Yes, and it is. I, I will be a guest on your show. So that's coming yes, up at will. the bottom of the month on Tuesday, August 25th at noon uh, Pacific time. Yes, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. So before... My, my male guest comes on. I do have another guest I'd like to introduce. Her name is Elizabeth Dale. She is a breast expert. She has been featured on the New York Times, the Huffington Post, and on Good Morning America. She happens to have a brand new book that's coming out soon. And you can reach Elizabeth at thebreastlife.com. That's thebreastlife.com. She talks about recent trends in health, surgical enhancement, swimwear, sports bras, and lingerie, and anything to do with the boobies. She's your girl. So I wanted to say a good welcome to uh, Elizabeth. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Great. So I don't know how much of the show you, you caught or, or didn't catch, but we're talking about, you know, sometimes there is a reason why the mother might breastfeed a toddler, might right. breastfeed three years, four years, five years, and even beyond, for goodness sake. Um, I think I was talking to someone earlier, and I said, you know, in Japanese culture, in the... In the uh, in the empire, the emperors, they breastfeed their, their, their male sons until age 17 because they think that there's a benefit <laughs> in it for the son. So, you know, different cultures have their different viewpoints po on what's acceptable and what's not. And anyway, that's what we're here talking about. So, Elizabeth, let me pose this to you. What, do you think there might be reasons beyond the bonding, beyond the nutritional factor to the child that the mother is breastfeeding, and can we bridge that communication gap with the dads on this issue? Uh, sure. I think first I want to say that okay. um, it's, that World Health Organization recommends breastfeeding up to two years, but let's face it, that's not practical for most working women, and in fact, uh, while the rates of uh, initiation of breastfeeding are really high in the United States, by three months they've dropped off radically. There really isn't a support system for women to breastfeed for very long, especially when it comes to working. There aren't places for them to uh, pump, for instance, or they might not have access to an efficient um, electrical pump. There are just many, many barriers and really continuing barriers to women continuing to breastfeed beyond the time that they have to return to work. There's really no maternal or paternal uh, maternity leave, you know, or parents to spend a block of time with their children. So I'm not sure how big of an issue this actually is. I know that um, many of the sociologists show that worldwide that breastfeeding, just if we just let it go on its own pace, would, some, would end sometime between two and a half to seven years. Um, that's sort of the general frame of, you know, in other countries and in other societies. So I'm not sure, basically I don't think this is a very big issue, um, and if it is, I think, again, it's going to have to be one that, you know, has a lot to do with 
the woman's own choice of what she feels connected to the baby, or it could be actually for her own benefit since the longer you breastfeed, the better it is for your own physical health. Um, and that's been shown to reduce both uh, breast cancer and also ovarian cancer and other diseases. So it's not just about the baby. It's also about uh, doing what's best for the mom as well. I think it also benefits osteoporosis. Isn't, isn't that true, ladies? Right, right. Yeah. It protects you from lots of things. Again, women, I mean, I know how hard it was for me to breastfeed, and I was a stay-at-home mom, um, and I had three children, and with each successive pregnancy, it became more and more difficult to continue breastfeeding just because you're busy, you're running around, you have, you're chasing toddlers, and, um, you know, you're inter- as soon as you introduce solid foods, it seems to be difficult to continue doing that. So I don't think it's a big issue. I, it'll be interesting to hear your guest come on and what he has to say, and I think that, um, you know, it might be a specific issue. But to me, it's a lot like the Time magazine cover. Remember when they had the yeah. little boy on the stool? I think that's a rarity. And, um, and what's happening is that we're having this, this, this societal discussion about breastfeeding, especially when it comes to public breastfeeding, we seem to be more um, taken aback by it than we were, say, 10 years ago. I know I didn't feel um, that I had to hide breastfeeding in public or I had to cover myself up. In fact, I remember people looking at me and going, no, no, it's fine. You can stay here and breastfeed. You know, it's great. Um, and now I read on social media where people, you know, they, they liken it to defecation, to urination in public, and even to sex in public, which is, you know, what happened to biology 101? I mean, <laughs> you know, this is, right. I mean, people aren't understanding that what comes, it's really, you know, mother's milk is actually sort of, you know, the gold standard, and it's the life support system that has continued from the womb to outside the womb. I mean, it's nature's way. There's this big connection between your breasts and your ovaries and everything that's going on between the two. So, yeah, I think it's sort of a, I think it's actually a non-issue. You know, that's my own opinion, and I think it is interesting. What's interesting to me is how vehement people get and how upset they get about women's breastfeeding even small newborn babies in a doctor's office waiting room. So yeah, I know, still think people it's are objecting to that. I, I, and yeah, I still think it's beautiful. I thought it was beautiful when I did it, and uh, I think it's beautiful when I still see it. But it, you're right; it is very interesting how the, the the tides have turned on just even the perception of it. I think a little bit has to do. Well, so I f- with I follow men's issues, and I hear what's happening with the pulse of men out there, and more and more men are writing to me to say that they're being shut out of the the you know shut out of the family unit. So it it's probably not a topic that's discussed very much, and maybe a lot of women think it might be a non-issue, but not from the men's point of view. And in fact, um, well, I, that, that's I'm a good entree to, to welcome uh, my male guest. His okay. name is Scott, and he responded to the Facebook post that, that I had last week, and we were talking about the woman who was breastfeeding her three-year-old child, and we got a lot of commentary back and forth with regard to to, you know, when when is it enough? Is three years, four years, five years? When is that, when is the optimal time to end breastfeeding? And I wanted to hear the male perspective, like what he did. I wanted him to share his story uh, to see if the wife was ignoring him or the wife was dismissing any conversation on this topic. Was the uh, dad uh, replaced by the son, you know, because she's giving so much attention to the son. So let's welcome right now uh, Scott. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. This is a very hot topic. (laughs) Yes, it is. And by the way, if you'd like to call in and chime in, um, our call-in number is 888-909-1050, 888-909-1050. Go ahead, Scott. Well, um, I think, as you know, I had, um, I would say it was a somewhat painful experience. I think it was, I made it a little bit more painful than it needed to be, but having gone through it um, and then come out the other side of it, I have uh, a couple of different takes on it. And I think that, um, you know, 
it, it's hard to express to a woman um, and a mother, especially a mother, any opinions when it comes to mother. I think, I think you and I talked about it. It's, it's kind of a threat to the very thing that is the most important to them. So, you know, I know me personally, I can be a little bit intense and um, maybe not as gentle uh, all the time. And I definitely believe that, you know, as we got past a year and a half, that that was too long. And I, that was with a, a son. And it just And you're basing the too long based on what? Just your observation or articles that you've read or basing it on what? I think, I think you know what, a little bit of common sense and a little bit of reading and a little bit of observing. You know, I think when, you know, some children are young for their age and some children may not be so young for their age. But in, in my case, um, the boy was speaking and, you know, clearly I could observe that he was using it as a tool to get mom to focus on him and essentially not focus on me. Or, you know, I think I, I think I probably took it that way, but in reality that's what was going on. I think kids at that age are starting to learn how to manipulate. And, you know, it's such a, you know, it is a, it is a beautiful thing that a mother can feed her child. But after a certain point, you know, I think parents should look at the long-term uh, plan for how they want their child to develop and gain some independence and self-soothe and, you know, those are all things that two parents should be contributing. But like I said, it gets a little difficult when, you know, when one really is in charge. And, and I believe that the mother, you know, in, in most ways is really much more important than the father at the beginning of a child's life. They, they offer much more than, than a dad can. But that doesn't mean that the dads, you know, are wrong or don't have something to contribute um, to the conversation. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know how other parents feel, but, you know, the kids, they get through everything. You know, things that you don't like when they're one and it's driving you crazy and you can't even imagine the day when it all ends, it, it ends someday. And then you, you know, you learn as a good parent that, they, that they get through it. Um, mm -hmm. How was your relationship before you had your son with your wife? Scott, this is Dr. Marissa on the line. Hi, She's hi, a, hi, Dr. She's a or, organizational psychologist. Right. Go ahead with your question. You know, that's, that's, so I have a very unique situation. I started dating someone who had a really small child, a boy. And so when I showed up, they were already in their nursing mm. routine. <laughs> Right, uh -huh. and and I did not want to kind of I didn't want to infringe on that in any way. But as I started talking to mom, you know, her plan was to breastfeed well after two, maybe even to three, and I, you know, that really caught me off guard. Just from my own upbringing and anything that I knew, I'd never heard of anything like that. And then I started to ask questions first, and it was you know, attachment parenting, and the theory behind it was that they were going to be much more secure in this and that. But, you know, I was looking at mom's upbringing, which was from a broken family. She had her child, and the dad was not necessarily there at the moment. So, you know, I observed that she was putting a lot of focus on the most important thing to her, which was her little son. And I respected that. But I also wanted to try to contribute, contribute <laughs> a, a male perspective, right? I mean, that's, that's the beauty of two parents is that there's the balance of the mom and the dad. And it just seems that in, the, in something like this, it's, you know, the dads don't get taken seriously. And I think most men just, you know, want to be heard when they kind of when they have when they can articulate a thought it's nice to it's nice to be heard and i think that you know usually women kind of um express that to men because maybe men aren't the best listeners at times but i think 
you know, if you're a dad and you want to be involved um, and, and you want to contribute, then, you know, there has to be the space to contribute. And it doesn't have to be put in action necessarily, but I think all conversations should be, you know, paid the proper attention. And so, so, ju- so just like that. women want to be heard in, in areas that have nothing to do with breastfeeding, whether at home or in the workplace, you're saying men want to be heard as well. Even though the mothers are the primary caregiver to nurse their child, but your, your opinion should matter. I mean, at, at the very least, you should come to some sort of mutual understanding or meet halfway or listen to the, the, the dad or the father in this case. Uh, we also have on um, breast expert Elizabeth Dale on with us, and she's been featured in the New York Times and Huffington Post. Do you have uh, an, an outlook, uh, Elizabeth, for Scott with regard to, um, you know, how does the, the husband get heard? when the mom is the primary caregiver with regard to nursing? Yeah, I, I'm a little confused. Is, is this your child, or did you say you met her after this? I, I'm just confused this, by, um, this one whether you are the father child, of the child or not. But we had a child afterwards, and oh, I, went, okay. I went through it again okay. with, with different circumstances. But I, I knew the child since you know before he was one, and we planned to raise him together. So. Okay, so you've had two children. Well, you have two children in your family unit then. Yeah. Right, and is the second one being nursed as long as well? So the second one, um, the second one actually had some special needs, and okay. so it was a different child that kind of had different had different needs, and so I think partially I learned from just maybe being a little over the top that it wasn't worth it right i mean yeah. we're, i'm not together with the mom anymore and i think a, a lot of it had to do with starting out dealing with this um but we got through our second who actually i wasn't opposed to needing more touch and affection and love you know so i think mm-hmm. i think that that part goes with the observation you know you have to you yeah. have to look at each child and make your... I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think each child is completely different, and it's really hard to even have the same rules with, you know, each child, because as you mentioned earlier, some children are more needy. This Her first child might have been more needy because the biological father wasn't in the picture, and she felt like, I need to do more, I need to make up for that. And so I think there's like probably a million different layered reasons exactly. I do that, you know, would cause problems with, you know, not wanting to actually listen to your opinion or take into um, account your concerns about it. Um, I think being a step parent is probably the most difficult job on the face of the earth. For sure. Uh, it, it, it just is. It's yep. hard to you know, to do that job. So um, I can sort of understand a little bit better maybe why she dug her heels in a bit, and um, and it makes sense. I, I think it's, I mean, I'm going to give you a, a really quick example of what happened to me with my first child. You know, I really wanted to involve, um, you know, dad in every aspect. So we would both get up in the middle of the night and you know, he would bring baby to me in bed, and I would nurse. And this went on for a while, and then I realized, geez, there's two people now in the house not getting any sleep. You know, <laughs> this is ridiculous. And so I, I told him, hey, just stay asleep. I will figure it out. I have to be up anyway because, you know, my boob's on call. And uh, it, But, you know, I changed sort of the way I approached how I involved and how much, you know, involvement he could have just because I wanted to make it easier on both of us as we were adjusting to this new family unit. You know, I mean, a baby just wipes you out whether or not you're the one that gave birth to it or not. So um, there's just a lot of different layers in here, and I think it's really important to, um, you know, as a woman to offer to to seek as much support as you can from your spouse, but to also remember that a baby will change your life. It will change your relationship. And oftentimes, you know, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. I mean, 
once you're with somebody for a while and you have a child together and then the baby is born and within a year it's like, um, no, you don't have the same approach to child rearing. You don't have the same approach to parenting. And that becomes very clear very quickly. Can I, uh, can I, can I put something in there too? Um, sure. You know, I, I, I think that what I hear is that, you know, you obviously you have to parent in the moment, but I, I think that, being a great parent, also, you have an eye on the future, too. And, you know, whether you're a step-parent or not, you know, the dynamic will change, and ultimately the child will, you know, be kind of looking at both parents for parenting and guidance. And and I think in my case, I just felt shut out and kind of separated from the two of them. And that didn't seem to make much sense to me because because we were both going to be parenting, if not right. that day, but as the child grew up. I think, just... you're, I think you're very insightful, Scott, to acknowledge that the dynamic at some point will change for the better. I have a lot of men who write to me, not on the breastfeeding issue, but they say, you know, my wife is no longer interested in having sex. I mean, she's just went from, you know... <laughs> having active sex and then the baby came and now she's completely not interested. A lot of that does have to do with hormones and I say that this will pass. Usually it's about a one year period for those hormones to flush out of her system where things kind of go back to normal. So you're very insightful to say that you knew the dynamic would change at some point. That being said, you know, does she have the right to dismiss you and ignore you? And probably you had a double whammy because it was a, your stepchild, not not your natural child. So I'd like to address what can we do to come together? You know, the sex is coming together for other men who are in this position. You know, how can we bridge that gap to where the dads are not dismissed? Well, um, I, I think, think the... I haven't talked in a while for a change, so I was just going to pipe in. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, because you do sound like you, you are looking for some feedback and that you have learned from this. And your insight is, uh, uh, you're very self-aware. So the two things that I heard that, that I think got you into a little more trouble than you needed to be in, one was taking things too personally. Um, as the, the breast expert uh, pointed out, there's many, many layers in this. And so the fact that you were a stepdad, along with the fact that, uh, you know, she, she, does, she, she has a family history or a family uh, belief system that this is the way it is, and, and your, your argument or your statement was, well, it's common sense. Well, common sense is uncommon, number one. And your idea of what is common sense and her idea of what is common sense are two different things. And she heard you. She did hear you. She just didn't agree with you. So in cases like that, you can't take it personally. And the fact that it does sound like you took it personally, you gave yourself a little more indigestion, I think, than you needed to. I definitely took it personally. That, be, that being said, that you didn't take it personally, but, you know, how long is a person supposed to wait? Sometimes you feel like when you're in that situation yourself, as Scott was, you feel like you're never going to be heard. You know, I mean, is that period one year, five years, ten years? I mean, you really just kind of don't know. And, it, and I think it all boils down to what is the communication like between the parents irrespective of breastfeeding, because that's really right. where it needs to get addressed. And, and I think that there's a few things that we can do to help bring dad into the fold. Yes, we are the um, nursing machine, but there are a few things we can do to bring him into the fold. Um, Dr. Brissett, I think I, we're going to say goodbye at this juncture, and uh, I'll have my listeners look, look for you, um, you know, Look, look for me on your show, which is coming up on the 25th at noon Pacific. And uh, uh -huh. we'll say adieu to you because I have yeah, on another on guest who's on the line. Um, and I'm getting on a sailboat for a race. But uh, thank you awesome. so much. And, and best of luck to you, Scott. And nice meeting you, uh, breast expert. And uh, Linda will see you on my show. Okay. Uh, take my advice. I'm not using it. Get balanced with Dr. Marissa. Every thank you so Tuesday much. Bye-bye. I'm going to let uh, my next guest is a um, accredited La Leche League leader. 
Um, and she's a lactation educator. Her name is Sharon. I just want to have a few words before I bring Sharon on. I want to go over some of the touch points that we can do to help bring dad into the fold. Um, for example, my recommendations are have a date night because a lot of this a lot of these problems, in my opinion, is because of a breakdown in communication. So the more you can make time for yourselves and get back to that wonderful feeling when you were dating, that almost has to continue into married life. So once a month, uh, twice a month, whatever your budget will allow, just force yourselves to have a date night. In my experience, the couples that I saw that were, you know, growing up at the same time as my family, the the few couples, the few percentage of people who did go on date nights, they are the ones that came out of this whole child rearing thing, the breastfeeding thing. They didn't drive themselves insane because they got to unplug from the family unit and get back to what is it like to be in each other's lives and take one hour out or whatever it is and, you know, go have a cocktail or go have some dinner or whatever and just unplug from the whole family unit situation. So I would say date night. Um, Another thing I would do is I would not rescue dad when the baby cries with daddy. Like, let the baby and the dad, like, figure it out. It's like if you're always jumping in there to rescue the child, um, like you were saying, Scott, the child doesn't learn how to self-soothe. The child doesn't learn bonding with the dad and vice versa. So I would say let them figure out their own, like the way that the mother might soothe might be completely different than the way that the father will bond or soothe that child. So I would say let them figure out their own balances. Um, and then maybe another way is to let the baby fall asleep on his chest. So yes, mom is nursing, but, and that's a high touch activity for the child, but dad needs a high touch activity too. So maybe when, um, he's done nursing, maybe he can fall back asleep on the dad's chest. You know, that might be a good bonding experience. Um, Real quickly, I wanted to bring on uh, Sharon, who's our our guest who's on the line now. We're talking about uh, breastfeeding and is it okay to breastfeed uh, a toddler from ages 3, 4, and 5. What do we say to dads who are left out of the equation? Is the wife ignoring you? Are you being replaced by your son? Is the dad being replaced by the son? Welcome, Sharon. What do you have to say about uh, this topic to Scott? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that Dr. Marissa and Elizabeth and Scott have all been very well informed on the topic and have all given a lot of really great information, especially Dr. Dr. Marissa with her insights on relationships and Elizabeth with her information on the benefits of breastfeeding and the World Health Organization recommendations. Um, What I want to add to this is in a family, you have different levels of vulnerability at different times. So when a baby is a newborn, that baby's health is very vulnerable and its needs need to be met very quickly. When a child gets older, they're less vulnerable. Their needs for breast milk immediately or a lot of things can wait a few minutes. So a lot of the things that we talk about are somewhat stage dependent, um, but At all those stages, there's definitely a role for any partner or husband or any other adult who's helping the mother to take responsibility for. When you're dealing with a newborn who's breastfeeding sometimes more than eight hours a day, you definitely need help getting yourself fed as a mother, getting yourself rested, getting yourself cleaned, being able to take bathroom breaks. You need other adults to make sure that your care is being taken care of as you care for that child. When you're talking about a mother who's breastfeeding a three-year-old, maybe the child at this moment is not the most vulnerable person in the room. Maybe the relationship between father and mother is the most vulnerable thing in the room, and so that needs her attention. So it's important for the the husband or the partner, to really identify what is it that he's missing. Is it the conversation with mom? Is it intimacy with mom? Is What is the need that's not being met? Is it that the father doesn't feel like the father is bonding with the child and so that that's being taken away? 
So I would say that it could be different. It probably is different for every single family and every single relationship, but that in general, we try to meet the needs of the most vulnerable person in the room. That's true. I don't, I don't know who's shuffling their mic, but um, let me just uh, quickly hop on. I have a couple of announcements before the show is out. God, this hour went by so fast. Um, I'm going to be on the Poor Man Show tomorrow. That's uh, August 13th at 2.30 Pacific. That's August 13th, 2.30 Pacific. I will be uh, our next uh, week's show, which is on 8.19, is going to be with Dr. Corsandi. We're going to be talking about vasectomies, should you or shouldn't you. That's uh, vasectomies on 8.19. And then I will be hosting a listener party along with Poor Man on Friday, August 28th at Skosh Monahans, which is in Costa Mesa, and I'll put all of the, those links.